0: Hello, it is Thursday, January 20th, 2022, just days away from the divisional round. I cannot wait for it. We have a lot of good conversations today. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, obviously a superstar quarterback. Uh, He stops by for a cool conversation with him about the mindset of the team and the culture of the Buffalo Bills that have gotten them to the point that they're at now looking to make a hell of a run although they got the chiefs on sunday night we have jay glazer on to talk about his book that gets uh incredibly real that conversation to be honest with you and then we wrap this thing up with dana white the boys and aj hawk we can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day if you enjoy the show by the end of it please be a friend and tell a friend if not just act like it never happened let's go not just me obviously standing here screaming into a microphone for three and a half hours normally daily. It is also the toxic table at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. You boys look fantastic today. Uh Thank
1: you very much, Pat. You You. look fantastic as well.
0: Hey, good energy out of the boys today. You know, yesterday was an interesting day. Probably the worst show we've ever put on air yesterday in my eyes. We stumbled out of the gates in hour one. Lo and behold, hour two did the same damn thing. And hour three somehow got mixed into that clusterfuckery of a show. And it just Mm -hmm. became one of these things that we'll look back upon and say, how well, was that a show that we decided to put on air? And it's because you never know what you're going to get. No, that's right. That's right. What you're gonna get. We have no idea what we're going to fall upon. And maybe if we did a little bit more scripting or outlining, the show would be vastly different. But in this particular vein of sport talk, we have no clue where we're going. But we do know today, and I think this is why the energy is high. We have three big-time guests joining Oh, yeah. Yeah. Massive. Not just Tom Diggs, uh, co-host of the Hammer Diamond Podcast, which is a gambling podcast that runs 15 minutes after this show ends, and A.J. Hawk will be here. But we have... Jay Glazer joining us. Oh, tomorrow. let's go. Jay, Jay New. Jay New. Wow. Hashtag Jay New. Jay Glazer will be joining us. He was uh, chatting with the Rock literally 24 hours ago yeah. on the Rock's Instagram live. They were having a couple of What? I'm talking about books. What? and everything that has been going on in Jay's life as he has become a large voice for mental health advocacy and the de- destigmatization. Wow.
1: Well done. Good word.
0: Boom, boom, boom. Write it down destigmatization of uh, people who are going through some things mentally every single day. Jay Glazer has opened up completely on his social media day to day to check in how he's feeling so others can know that there is other people that might appear to have a great life and massive positions of success and fame and fortune and friends that are there. There's everybody is going through this type of thing at all levels of society so you should not be ashamed that you potentially have to go through it. So shout out to Jay Glazer joining us in about one hour from now 2 hours from now Dana White oh, Damn. They got a big time fight to, uh card coming up this week. Oh yeah. Huge. Maybe the
1: biggest ever. he in
0: it ever. Now he does look like he is in fighting shape. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit Dana Oh this dude's God. moving. Wait, <laughs> looks like Jim Irsey <laughs> back in the day doing those, uh, you know, those super squat heavyweight uh-huh. championships. He'll be joining us big time. Fight card coming up this weekend. We'll dive into all that. You got Marino and Figueroita uh-huh. mm-hmm. fighting each other. Trilogy. I don't know if I rolled the Rs properly in wrong places. I tried. I apologize. That's a trilogy for a flyweight championship or something. Let's like go that. Oh, and yeah. a heavyweight championships on the line between a champion and an interim champion. That's uh-huh. right. I don't know how that all works. We'll certainly have to talk about mm. it. But Ngone is back. Dude. Oh, That's right. Yeah. And Cyril Gone is going to battle it out. Big time Saturday. We'll talk to Dana in two hours. And in ten minutes from now, Josh Allen of the Buffalo oh. yeah. Oh. You see that? It was a little bit of a lead up because yeah. Jay, big. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dana White, big. Here we go. But in this particular week, yeah. with the particular primetime game coming on Sunday night. Closing out the divisional round, leading us into the championship weekend. Josh Allen and Bills Mafia will be here. I cannot wait to chat with a man who has been playing Unbelievable football. Mm-hmm. His growth from first year to second year, second year to third year, third year to fourth year, and getting paid in it and having the entire team buy in. And McDermott is seems to be the perfect coach for that entire place, building a culture alongside old Bean up there, a general manager. I love that team. I like the way they operate. I like the swag that they have. And it feels like they all love Josh Allen. I can't wait to chat with him about the experience, the culture, how he thinks they got to where they are now, where they're incredibly confident. Now... It is something, I assume, for young quarterbacks, when you're playing against Bill Belichick, you're told he's going to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. You know, you see uh, in here, people go, I'm seeing ghosts out there, dude. All right? Yeah, Bill Belichick, there. defensive genius, he's going to have four different plans for you, maybe for four different quarters. And young quarterbacks are just heads are spinning whenever you're playing. Against. At what point in Josh Allen's career did he feel as if, hey, we are no longer intimidated, scared of anything. They just beat the fuck out of the Patriots in the playoffs. Is this the dawning of a new era? Jordan Poyer said it in the pregame warm-ups. How did they get to that point of confidence and expectation level? I'm excited to hear those types of things, especially coming from a guy that was questioned by a lot of people whenever his first year wasn't as great as anything. He's just gone to work, gone to work. Now he's a Pro Bowl alternate. Wow. that's right. Holy Shut shit. Shut up. Shut
2: up.
0: Shut up. That's sweet. How's that happening? You think, is it just because he's in Buffalo? They got no pro bowlers up there? What is the deal? Yeah, I don't know.
2: Defense, maybe? You can just point yeah, but the to Yeah, the defense well, has, no, has pro no pro <laughs> bowlers either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to
0: no
1: And he's also, you know, I think he's their leading rusher as well. I mean, he's. And he's a superstar. Yeah, uh-huh, for sure.
2: all oh, good r- quarterbacks. You
0: know, there's a lot of them. I agree, but in the Pro Bowl... Allen's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. but in the Pro Bowl, I'm saying, they normally have 45 quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay, and maybe it's because of all the alternates and everything like that. But if you play quarterback in the NFL, you're probably going to become a Pro Bowler at some point just because you could be like the 19th or 20th best quarterback in the NFL, and by the opt-outs and actually people winning and injuries, you could potentially be a Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL. That's kind of how that uh, position is. The fact that Josh Allen, with this year, with this team, hasn't been able to be named a Pro Bowler, I assume is another chip on his shoulder that the defensive side of the ball shares in Jordan Porter that we chatted with last week.
2: You know, uh, I love the Ravens. I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy, but he didn't even play, what, the last fucking six games? Yeah. He's
0: pro bowl over Josh Allen? Well, what's that really? all about? What's that all about? What's that all about? Josh Allen, uh, by the way, we're big Lamar Jackson fans, around yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, it, it sucks that we have to potentially say, uh, yeah, what is that all about? Just a misgame part. What is that all about? Just the <laughs> misgame <laughs> <most> part <laughs> of it. And, and also, just very quickly, um, all those things are voted on by some people that have no idea what the fuck they're talking about anyway. Exactly. I voted. Bingo. You I voted you? as well. Wow. I should not be voting for that. That is not something I should be deciding. That's not something I no, should be deciding. absolutely not. Maybe Connor. No, maybe you too. No, I didn't vote. But yeah, the Pro Bowl and the did. awards, I think after the entire uh, Pornhub. Uh, situation. Uh, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are calling into questions, Mm -hmm. but it is something that I assume professional athletes can still use to you know, motivate them and excite them to get up and get to work and get better than everybody else, even though I am the leading rusher here, obviously leading passer. Our team is doing things that we weren't able to do years ago. Just a few years ago, I was nowhere near as good of a player as I am right now, and it's not just me. It's this entire squad, and we get no respect up here in the cold-ass fucking Western New York. I I, I love that thought. I love that theory. Will it be able to drive them past the Kansas City Chiefs, who just won one week ago, playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers in primetime, averaged 29.7 million viewers for that entire game. Damn. That game was that game was a 20 point blowout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 30 million people saw Travis Kelsey just fucking around throwing touchdowns, doing everything he's got to do. The NFL has viewers and ratings in luck, and I can't wait for this weekend. Uh, just before we get to Josh Allen, I'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our new favorite golfer. Yes. Uh-huh. Akshay Bhatia. Mm-hmm. 19-year-old stud, okay? He's a lefty. He appears to be very tall and very lanky. Mm-hmm. Guy graduated high school in two and a half, three years. These are his words, not ours. <laughs> Graduates high school. Then he becomes a professional golfer at 17. Now he's a full-time member of the Corn Ferry Tour at 19. Just won their first event at a tournament. He didn't even know the name of it. Yeah. And he has his girlfriend on the bag that he originally met via DMs because he needed a caddy at a tournament in Texas. Yep. <laughs> This dude is an absolute stallion, a stud. (laughs) And obviously, when Charlie Woods comes around, everybody's going to have to, you know, step in line. Yeah, they're going to have to heighten their entire thing. And little John Daly, you know, little John is on his way through the ranks as well. Akshay being maybe one of the coolest humans I've ever seen in my entire life is nothing but great for the golf game. And I'll tell you what. God's a fucking player That's yeah, right
1: Absolute weapon Clean swing Absolute player he, he, The way he's shaping that you know, oh. Nine iron, eight iron On that last hole To, to win the tournament
0: Now Pin We seeking. As a professional golfer We are allowed to um, You know Criticize his game A little bit Of course Sure I don't know how he's going to be able to maintain humility. Mm -hmm. That is something that I'm, it's going to be tough for Akshay. I think you're a 19 year old, just beating the fuck out of these people that have been dreaming about Mm -hmm. doing this their entire life. Graduates high school earlier than everybody else has a girl that he met on DMS for a caddy for that weekend. Now his girlfriend uh, caddying for him. It seems like this dude is living the greatest Mm -hmm. golf life in the history of golf lives. And I like the fact that he just went out there and worked his ass off. He said, now listen, I've earned this. Okay. I have earned this entire thing, which means I put in the work. I assume this dude just wakes up and golfs all day, every day. Oh yeah. And I don't know if he's I mean, he seems to be an incredibly cool guy. I don't know if he's like diligent on thing or he's just literally just playing rounds of yeah. golf all day, every day. This son of a bitch might save golf for the future. Oh yeah. auction might be the guy. I would say though, you know, because I hope these two get married. This would mm-hmm. be an incredible yeah. golf love story. Oh, yeah. of right. oh my god, this would be amazing. We work together, we win together, we met via DMs. We found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> <wise>. Okay. <laughs> okay That's, right. That's what we did. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out. He needs to get a different caddy, okay? Just as somebody who has potentially, you know, said or done something in a relationship that caused a little bit of a ripple effect, he doesn't need to be going in between the ropes with anything that he potentially fucked up at home. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're you right. know, going on the other side. No, she is no. an incredible caddy, okay? She actually said she knew nothing about golf whenever she started caddying. He's nothing but a winner alongside. Her traveling with him and being his caddy is something awesome, especially for a young guy who's going to have to travel around and do this whole thing. But I, unless, actually, what, he might be a perfect human. There's a chance that, you know... You need that golf course to get out of potential hell that you started, that you caused without even knowing it. And we might be wrong. Okay, we might be completely wrong. But I love the love story. Hope they get married. And I'd like to see this guy get to the top without, you know, potentially, you know, having uh Yeah. Oh my Getting god. Getting the ips yeah. out. I am there. so sorry that I <laughs> listen, I am so sorry. I did not mean that. And then boom, boom, he's out there. I just that's all I think about. That's all I worry about. He is an adult. He is a professional. We're allowed to say things like this. We love love. We love that. They oh, love, love each other. Okay. Big love show. But we need to to go to the greatest of all time alongside Tiger and the boys.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Call up Bones McKay. You know, hey, get, get, get him on the back. Get bag. Phil's old caddy on the bag. I think he's doing coverage now. Mic, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. Like you said. She's a
0: great caddy. She's on oh, the yeah. absolutely. caddy, it feels like, in the absolutely. Corn Fairy
1: Tour. But if there's any sort of animosity there, you know, how do you know she's not etching the things? Well, and no, I'm saying I'm on the, the club and, you know, he's saying, hey, give me my eight iron. She, hey, here you go. And she gives him the four iron. No. And he hits it, you know, 170 when he needs to hit she it. Went, uh, she's on his side.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, she did self admit say, I don't know a goddamn thing about golf. But it's fun to be out here because the Bahamas, it's a nice
0: area. And Again, with somebody I love. With somebody I love. Uh, we're winning. winning. Mm-hmm. We, we just would like to go on the record of stating we are very much happy for those two being in love. Yes. We would like them to travel the country together and be this incredible story that they make movies about someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Akshay, there's a lot of bags to yeah. get. It That's seems right. like Akshay's
2: got a lot
0: of bags to go he get. He should
2: get Dottie Pepper on the bag feel like that's the right move.
0: I don't know who that is, but I love what you're saying. Uh, joining us now is a man who will be in prime time television on Sunday night in the divisional round at the home of the Chiefs. Uh, Pro Bowl alternate quarterback for the AFC, absolute superstar for the Buffalo Bills, quarterback Josh Allen. Yeah.
2: What's dude? Thanks for having me on, fellas.
0: Hey, we are so happy for you, man. You're fucking kicking ass, dude. Good for you, man. Yeah, a thank you, thank you. Hey, no problem. You deserve it. Obviously, the work that you put in and all the off-seasons and the growth that you have showed to all of us that a lot of work has been happening behind the scenes, obviously, to make it happen, not only with yourself, with your whole team, you deserve it, brother. We're very, very, very happy for you and all of Buffalo.
3: As do you guys. I know you guys uh, got a nice little payday, too, so... You guys are killing it.
0: Hey, hey, not as big as your bag, but I mean, we got a couple more years there. Uh, Let's not do any of that. We appreciate you. Let's get into the conversation. Uh, It felt like from the video that was released by the Buffalo Bills website, Jordan Poyer saying, hey, it's the end of a fucking era tonight in the pregame speech to the secondary. It felt like your team was expecting to win that game. It feels like you guys are expecting now that you are the AFC East, that you guys should be in the Super Bowl conversation every year. Do you think that just is something that has naturally occurred or do you point back at one moment that's like hey that's when we realized we're the fucking squad now was there anything that happened like that i
3: don't know if i can pinpoint one moment um specifically but you know ever since i've gotten here coach mcdermott's standard the mentality that we've had going forward the playoff caliber type uh, mentality that we have is is really what we've been able to adapt and uh really use for our favor you know every every day we come into work we love being here we have the guys to do it uh You look at our team, and we love each other. We really do, and Buffalo's not that crazy of a place. There's not a whole bunch going on around here, but we hang out with each other, and we actually do care for each other on and off the field, and I think that pays dividends on the field.
0: All 22 starters returned. Uh, obviously, everybody talked about the Buccaneers having that. You guys have incredible continuity, and you said you guys hang out outside there. Do you watch the mic ups of, like, Jordan Poyer this past weekend? I love that man. He's saying it on the sideline, and the entire defense is like, we love that guy. And you just talked about the culture, but how does that grow? Do you think it's just the right group of people in there? Do you think it's the right personalities? Like, how do you know who fits and who doesn't, and does everybody just buy in, I guess?
3: I think it's organizational. I think top down from, um, you know, Kim and Terry for what they've done, who they've brought in, Brandon Bean, Coach McDermott, and then all obviously you see the guys that are brought in, the guys that are drafted, the type of DNA that everybody in this locker room has. I think it's uh it's very, uh, very special, and we we do get to kind of play off each other's strengths, um, and like like you said, Poyer's video, man, like it's genuine. You know, and if you'd miked up anybody, we'd be saying saying the same about everybody else too. So. Um, I don't know about the whole goofy, Goofy thing. <laughs>
0: uh, hey, he's just a goofy ass. Really by the cool. way, they were burying you a little bit in there, but uh, and there was, by the way, there was people co-signing too. I mean, yeah, he is just big, dumb, goofy ass, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. They could have edited that out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I no agree. comment. <laughs> um, we talked to Jordan Poyer last week, and we're big fans of his. He's been incredibly nice to us, and as have you and everybody in Buffalo, actually. But him talking about, you know, no Pro Bowlers on the defensive side, and then a story came out that Jordan Palmer texted you like, "Congrats on working." Your way up to the prestige position of a Pro Bowl alternate—is that something? It feels like on the defensive side they chat about, uh, in the offensive side of things. Do you guys talk about the lack of respect for the Buffalo Bills? And obviously, it doesn't distract you. But is that something that is intrinsically motivating everybody over there?
3: I mean, I think as as men, right? We uh, we want respect. I think that's just something that's that's in nature. We want the respect that we deserve. Um, but at the same time, I can. I'd give two shits about all that. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm so focused on just trying to be the best quarterback for this team, the best teammate that I can be, and try to win football games for this team. Um, but, again, our defense, yeah, no pro bowlers, and they're number one statistically in every other category. And um, it is it is a little mind-boggling, and all of a sudden you, you see Poe and Micah be all pro guys, and um, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But at the same time, we're so, so internally motivated here in Buffalo – uh, and we want to win for each other, and, um, and that's what we plan on doing. we got to go up there and do one Sunday. Hey,
0: that fan base. I mean, you're the perfect quarterback for them, I think. Just obviously everything we've ever heard from you, either in your appearances on Pardon My Take or any of the other conversations. It feels like Buffalo is the perfect place for Josh Allen to be the quarterback. With the weather, with what you're used to from college, you know, massive hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Massive hands, Huge. incredibly athletic. It feels like you. it's a perfect fit. Do you feel that? Is that something you knew uh, very early? And how pumped were you when a buildo finally made an appearance there late in that game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't speak on that, but I, yes, when I was when I was going through the draft process, Buffalo's the place I wanted to be. It reminds me so much of my home and, and kind of the stops that I've had along my journey. Um, it just seemed fitting for me to be here. So, you know, I've I've embraced the the community here, and they've embraced me back, and it's been an awesome fit. And uh, hopefully we can we can keep this thing going and, and start winning some games here and uh, start winning the game here. That, that's what we really want to do. So uh, we got to gotta go out there and try to do that.
0: You have any, um, you know, acknowledgement that you and Patrick... Mahal- Goats right
3: here. Oh, oh hey! Oh, hey, I got him to make the Pro Bowl! Oh, my God! Hey! I, I love y'all. I love y'all. Just wanted to hop on and
4: say I love y'all. Hey, we I love you, love you
0: too, man. Maybe next year you make the Pro Bowl, dude maybe next year. He is, he's awesome. Your entire team. It feels like you have that energy. Are there days where you guys all hate each other or is it like a a real family in there?
3: It's, it's a real family. And again, every family fights and bickers and, but you go inside our locker room and it is, it's chaos from the arguments that people are having and guys playing cards. And um, it, it, like people don't want to leave the locker room sometimes because they're just, they're having life talks and it's, It's a special, special feeling
0: here. Well, I hope you guys go and get it. Uh, You and Patrick Mahomes, well, obviously, you each just signed long-term contracts. Obviously, incredible arm strength on both of you. Similar playing styles. The teams are both going this weekend on primetime. One of you will continue to play. One of you won't. Do you and Patrick have a relationship, and do you both understand, like, hey, we are going to probably be staring at each other for the next 10 years. Is that something you – because, like, Peyton and Tom – became like good friends. I I don't know if it was like that the entire time, but they were one of the only two people that really understood the other person, what they were going through. I think, do you and Patrick have a relationship and do you ever see that happening?
3: Yeah, we have a pretty good relationship and uh, we've texted here or there, but uh, I got to hang out with him at the uh, masters last year, him and Travis. And uh, every time I've talked to them, they've been awesome. And I know that they, you know, they're they're a fun loving group over there as well. And uh, to get together with them and just, you know, hang out and and shoot the shit. And, um, you know, they're really, really good down to earth people. And obviously Pat Mahomes with what he's got in the community over there, they love him. And um, he's got a pretty special place over there as well. So I got a lot of respect for him off the field as well as on the field. You see what he's done. He's got the MVP in the Super Bowl. And uh, that's that's what everybody wants. You know, they want the Super Bowl rings and uh, he's got one, and uh, now we're trying to go get one.
0: Ah, that's awesome. Go ahead, Ty. Josh,
1: being mobile and, and breaking off for some of those runs has always kind of been a part of your game. But this year, it seems like the team's really using you on, like, power and, like, these design runs. Did you know that was going to be something you are going to be doing a lot this year? And did you have to, you know, do anything in the offseason to kind of prepare for that? Or is it just like, oh, I'm a big son of a bitch when it's cold <laughs> outside and I get going, it
3: doesn't matter? Yeah, more so the second part of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it just it just kind of happens. Um, I don't know. I've, I've as I've gotten heavier over my life, I've gotten more athletic and faster, which is which is that's it's a weird. Dream. I, I don't I don't really. I'm like two forty five right now, which don't tell my strength coach that. Um, but I'm bulked up right now and I'm able to move pretty good. So um, yeah, he just whenever whenever the team needs me, I'll, I'll be there.
0: What is your expected weight from the strength coach? Lower two thirty.
3: 42, so I got I got a few pounds to go, but it's not bad. It's not bad at all. That's like and f- Buffalo gets cold, and we talked about that the winter weight kicks on, you know, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to keep off. Yeah, it's Buffalo. There's snow. There's buildup. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen there. Uh, yeah, because you have the wiggle, too. Uh, the, part of that mic'd up was you shaking the shit out of a guy and him falling on his face. And then all of a sudden, the next play, you're literally running somebody over. Do, do you have any fear at all whenever you're getting into contact or running? Is that just a Natural, like you do they talk to you does mcdermott say like hey need you not you know like to take big shots or they have the utmost faith that you're for instance a quarterback that i watched play this year he sprained both of his ankles on one play okay (laughs) both of his ankles on one yeah don't laugh dude don't laugh that's it was a it was a sad time it was a sad day but those types of collisions happen boom boom in the nfl is there any thought or any coaching in that or just go play and do whatever you got to do
3: obviously there's a lot of conversation of best abilities availability so getting down when necessary but third and fourth down you know, I got to do what I have to do to help this team win a football game and I'm going to do it so um obviously first and second down I actually slid on the one where I kind of juked the guy so I did get down I did my job there but like you said the next play was a third down play I had to kind of put my, my nose down and go get it first so um Whatever whatever is asked of me, I'm willing to do.
0: I like that you shook the guy and then threw the ball out of bounds.
3: Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Shook <laughs> the
0: guy and then you slide. It's like, all right, dude. I mean that's that's uh, that's a tough go. Not that you meant that, but I think that is hysterical. Go ahead, Tone. Josh, my question's kinda of around you
2: saying that you're getting more athletic with how with the bigger you're getting. Did you like I clocked you at a four four two running uh last game? That's good hand speed. I wow. did. And, but you had a four seven five at the combine. Did you just not try at the combine?
3: I did. But I guess game speed when guys are chasing you, you have a little added extra motivation there. Um, But again, going back to high school, I I was I was slow. My coach used to call me Tortuga, which is tortoise in Spanish. So uh, I never had the athleticism that I had really up until college.
0: Uh, Go ahead, Connor. Last question, Josh. We can't thank you enough. Go ahead, Boston Connor. Yeah, Josh, massive
2: Patriots fan here. So if you get a chance, I'd love my soul back after you took it on Saturday night. Uh, There was a report that Bill Belichick went into the locker room after the game. Did he just kind of walk up to you and say, thank you for letting me be a part of the only perfect game in the history of the NFL? Or did he address everybody at once? Um.
3: I mean, he, he came up to me, which is, which is really cool. Um, I got a lot of respect for him and what he's done over his career. And obviously, he's one of the, if not the greatest coach of all time. So for him to come up to me after a game and just kind of give me some kudos and dap me up, um, meant a lot to me just knowing the type of, like I said, coach that he, he is, the type of players that he's been around and he's coached, and obviously the success that he's had throughout his career. So uh, it was a pretty cool moment for me. Hey,
0: there's not a lot of coaches from other teams. I think that would just be like you'd appreciate them saying something. Right. Isn't that like, I I think he's one of them. Yeah, exactly. And when I read the headline that Bill went into the locker room and did his whole thing, my immediate thought was like, he's got to be one of the only fucking coaches that could just walk in the other one. Everybody be like, Oh, thank you. Like, appreciate that. He's almost like a part of the game at this point, but you guys are now the dudes like, how does that conversation go? Is it just utmost respect from Bill Belichick to you and that you obviously share it back? Is, is there admittance from him? Like, Oh, we, we are not happy that you are in our division for the rest of the time here. Yeah. Is that, is that how that conversation goes? Or is it more just like glad handing kind of soft stuff?
3: Oh, no, just more respect. Like what you did out there was, was, was awesome. You, you, you played well tonight and we didn't, we didn't have an answer. Um, Again, I shared the respect right back, obviously, because I'm I'm a big big fan of his, and like I said, I, I can go on and on about the accolades that he has. And um, but again, for a coach to do that that high caliber, uh, it was pretty special.
0: Uh, coach McDermott seems like a cool dude, and uh, the patience that Buffalo showed with him early, and then you coming in from your first year to now, it has to be a glorious building over there. Congrats to Coach McDermott, um, Mr. Bean what do you guys call him is there any nicknames is he around is he around day to day
3: yeah he is he's usually out at practice sitting on the sidelines i go up to him and bump him and uh give him some shit for a while
0: hey man thanks for 500 million (laughs) (laughs) dollars but also thanks for drafting me having faith in me and let's go win some games congratulations so much josh uh and thank you for joining us man
3: thank you boys appreciate it congrats to you guys as well
0: nah man we're gonna I mean, we're going to end up, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're only going this way. We're going this way. We can't <laughs> wait to watch you on Sunday night. Good luck. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh Allen. Yay! Thank you, man. He's so good at football. Yeah, okay. Fun to watch. Very, 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 fun, to watch. Oh, very fun to watch. He's this tall. Massive. Very athletic. Mm-hmm. 245. Foxy sent me the video from the uh, Top Golf Challenge mm-hmm. this morning. He said, hey, if you want to throw back Thursday to promote that Josh Allen's coming or whatever. And I was going to put it up, but I literally just watch it. And I've. I watched it like seven times. Me too. His (laughs) fuck.
4: He hits this golf ball. <laughs> yeah.
0: He had to hit it right down the middle, yeah. and he had to hit the back panel basically at Top yeah. Golf last shot to take the lead yeah. of the entire challenge or whatever. And it was his last shot, and he fucking just steps up to that thing, and there is not even a thought in his mind. <laughs> Boom! Blast it, and then he drops the club and turns around. Like, <laughs> the ball hit the top of the thing, like it hit the thing and then dropped down. It was like a per—literally a perfect shot to end it. Now he ended up getting beat later. Yeah, right? uh, somebody yeah. else Story had a better strategy. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Somebody had a better strategy than everybody else and mm-hmm. they played the top golf game better than everybody else, but he was unbelievable. You didn't see it in that clip right before that Fitzmagic Magic comes in and talks shit to Josh too, so then he had to do that shot. Yeah, I like the gamesmanship. Yeah. He's just a big goofy ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they could have saved the goofy stuff. <laughs> Dak Prescott has tweeted an apology to the NFL and the NFL refs after what he said in his post-game um, press conference when he thought that shit was getting thrown at his teammates on the way off. He said, we work hard. We're trying to win. We are obviously disappointed just as much as everybody else, but they should not be, th- our fans should not be throwing shit at the players. What is that all about? Which is a great leadership uh, role and thing to say out of Dak Prescott. Then a press uh, member told him, no, nah, actually they're throwing it at the refs. And he said, well, good yeah, on them." Yeah, fucking credit on them then. Then the NBA Refs Association, the same ones that had have refs in the past that have been caught for actually cooking games Mm -hmm. while on the court came out and said, it was deplorable what Dak Prescott said and endorsed in throwing things at refs. We happen to agree with that take. You can't be endorsing people to make these refs' lives actually threatened or terrible. But Dak has come out and apologized since then, saying, hey, it was uncalled for, it's unfair, these refs' jobs are hard enough. This seems to be the right move from that maybe he'll get some calls in the future but obviously the refs you know, not just in that game, need to get better. So I think there were some people that thought whenever he said uh, good on them" then or credit to them then, they were thinking, yeah, like maybe Dak saying these refs stink is good, even though the Cowboys game was officiated properly. I mean, we're not saying that, but we've seen all season refs stink. He has apologized, probably the right move, AJ, right? Right
5: move. Yeah, I'm I'm not always in favor of people apologizing. Sometimes they do it because they think they have to. Here, yeah, Dak is probably right. He was – like you said, in the emotion of a game, he's standing up there, just lost, season over, it's so final. Yeah, and he just made a comment. Yeah, of course. His Move
0: last on. play of this season in which they had such high hopes and expectations in a home playoff game, he got deboed by a ref. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, he actually got pushed oh, yeah. by a ref. So mm-hmm. at the moment, you know, when he's immediately asked to speak after a game that's devastating like that, he got caught up in the moment. I thought he delivered the joke well, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got a pretty good pop out of some people in there. Good t- I mean, the timing was, yeah, spot on the timing. Uh-huh. It was good delivery to maybe learn a little bit about that. But, yeah, uh, I would assume everybody doesn't want quarterbacks in the NFL to be promoting violence against the refs, even though the refs <laughs> <Absolutely> <laughs> not. do stink. Yeah. Sometimes. Not all. Not all the time.
1: Uh, well, most of the time. Most.
0: Yeah. No. There's Usually. There's some good ones. There's some good officiating out there. Yeah, but they're all retired, Pat. Oh, yeah, they're in the TV networks now. Yes. And they're telling everybody what's wrong or what's right, and they're going to bat for people that aren't. And then the people that are in charge of all of them are the worst refs from the
2: field. I mean, even the replay assist is getting shit wrong. That's when you know it's bad.
0: Well. Dude, how about the replay assist on the field correcting a call which that they thought was correct, even mm. though... I think everybody watching was like, "That's not a yeah. catch," and then replay assist like, "No, that is a catch." And then Sean McVay's like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Challenge the challenge, yeah. And it's like, what a joke. We go to another commercial break. We got Dwayne Johnson sitting here on TV. Yeah. Let's go to another break. And then they overturn the replay assist. It's like at some point there has to be an adult in the room and acknowledge that hey, we have some flaws, we have some capabilities with the technology. Why don't we make some advancements for the good of everybody? Please. AJ.
5: Okay, so behind the scenes, I would imagine they have to be like grinding away, trying to find a way how we can do this because the refs are too much. They're they're part of the
0: story too much. Like the storyline is the refs just watch this show. I don't think so. I mean, this show, nobody watches this show. And I've seen some ratings from other shows. A lot lot of people watch those shows big time on Uh other shows, but nobody watches this show. But I don't think they think that they have a problem. I think there's actual arrogance. They have
5: to know there's a PR. They have to know, like, hey, this is not a good look for the NFL for that. The refs are consistently. Like, affecting games. They really
0: are. So who would have to put that entire thing together? It would have to be Walt Anderson. So Walt Anderson would have to put the pitch. He runs them all.
5: So he runs the ref crew, right?
0: Yeah, so he runs the ref crew. So he would have to report right to the NFL, right? Because the NFL here, and then you have all the individual departments, and then they present whatever needs to be fixed, or we need money for this, or we need to do this, and then they have to okay it, right? I just assume that is how standard corporation bureaucracy works, Right. Yeah, should be. Walt Anderson, I don't think he thinks there's any problems at all. No. He, I, I think he thinks, like, they, these people watching have no idea how hard it is and everything. Like, like I honestly believe that. I so, hope that's not the case. I think you're wrong. R- 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 you know, remember.
5: Car- I easily, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I guess I.
0: Remember, Carrente's yeah. Car- yeah. like, hey, this is about me. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there, <laughs> there is some sort of, I don't want to say God complex that some of these refs have, but it does feel as if that is the, the case. We have to pivot now because it's. Time! By way
4: of Las Vegas, in an office that is fucking beautiful, <laughs> weighing in what looks to be an incredibly shredded 250 pounds, bench pressing 450. Fucking Friday meals are delicious. President of the
0: UFC, Dino! White. Hey what up? (laughs)
6: What's up bro? How are you man? What's up boys?
0: Good morning. Hey thank you for joining us. How are you? Biggest fight card maybe in the history of UFC just days away UFC 270. Congratulations. How you you feeling?
6: How you feeling? Thank you. Good. Good. Everything's good. I'm down here in Southern California now and uh, I'm excited for the fight man.
0: Yeah, so you're in anaheim california and i was reading up on some of the stats this is the biggest gate that the honda center has ever seen five million plus the biggest fight card i mean it's about to be an epic weekend on espn plus for ufc what are these final days what are you doing right now just making sure everybody weighs in right getting the security uh filed perfectly make sure nobody's uh, stealing the streams like what is the final day prep here is there's uh, the hay in the barn as they say
6: well, we, we, we got an announcement that we're announcing later on today. No, right, do it now, do get, it now, Dana, do it now. Hey, we can just got, do that. I, I, that I can't do. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we have a press conference and we're we're, we're going on SportsCenter live and, and and all that good stuff. So I'm running around doing PR, last minute PR here, and uh, and that's it. Tomorrow's the weigh-ins, and then and then the fight.
5: Yeah. Dana, you guys have uh, obviously an unbelievable stable of fighters in all weight classes, but how good is it to have a heavyweight guy, champion like Francis Ngannou, obviously Cyril Ngannou, who he's fighting, another stud? Like, when the big dudes are out there knocking each other out, I feel like it has to be good for business.
6: Yeah, well, one of the things that's great right now is our heavyweight division is stacked. It's 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 bigger and better than it's ever been. And going into a weekend like this, you absolutely positively have the two best heavyweights in the world, this one is actually champion versus champion. And the other thing that's fun about it is they're both, um, you know, two of the best strikers in their own right. You got Francis Ngannou with a 100% finish rate. He can knock you out with either hand. And then you got Cyril Gane, who is technically probably the best heavyweight of all time. So this isn't going to be like a, a knockout artist versus a jiu guy. The jiu guys guy's got to get him down. These guys are going to – Stand and they are going to bang. And that's what you want out of heavyweights.
0: Francis Ngannou is an underdog in this fight, which was wild for us to see on the sports book. Yeah. I think yeah. it's like plus 125 for him to get a win, plus 145 to get a knockout. It's like, I don't know if that's enough juice to really predict the knockout. But what you just said is these guys are finishers. You're expecting this fight to be ended in a beautiful fashion as a, a as a fight maker. And it feels like there's a lot well,
6: of... anything is possible. You, you you got Francis Ngannou who has the power to end the fight at any any moment and you got Cyril gone who stays on the outside and, and and throws unbelievable punches elbows kicks and just picks people apart
0: I can't wait to watch uh, there's a lot of drama is there now maybe perceived drama about Francis's future And in the wrestling world, right, Bret Hart became champion and then he just kind of left with the belt was what was going to happen. Then there was an entire screw job. And then there's other situations where deals for business aren't settled for the future and they become champion and it becomes a big deal. Is this all promotion leverage, you think, or what is the future after this fight? Depending upon what happens, I guess that thing figures it out. But your business side of things gets talked about more than anybody else in history, I think.
6: Yeah, um, you know, this happens sometimes going into these type of fights. And, yes, there's tons of drama about his contract. Then you have all the bad blood between the camps because they both came out of the same camp. And the list goes on and on. Vince McMahon could not write a better script for this weekend. It, it, and it's all real, and it's all going to happen on Saturday. I don't know what, where we're going to end up with Francis. Um, you know, after the fight, he, he and I bumped into each other. A couple of weeks ago at dinner, our tables were literally right next to each other at, at a restaurant, and you uh, know it was like the universe meant for us to get together and talk a couple of weeks ago. We had a great conversation. We'll see how this thing plays out uh, after Saturday
0: whenever you're doing those negotiations and conversations, and obviously you've talked to us before, like we're in a combative sport. We're in a fighting. Everybody hates everybody, right? I got beef with this guy. I got beef with this guy. I got beef with this guy. This guy guy hates me. This guy does that. How do you maintain those negotiations business-wise to keep things good, but also to remain at the top? Because there's a bunch of other leagues coming out. There's a bunch of other fight leagues. Do you even acknowledge that they exist? Or do you just know that if UFC puts on the best shows, it doesn't matter what anybody else does?
6: Yeah, I don't really pay attention to what anybody else is doing. I just pay attention to what I need to do. Um, And, and, you know, we run into these situations every once in a while. When you think about it, we have 750 fighters under contract, you know, literally all the time for for like the last six years. So – of course, you're going to run into, not everybody is going to agree, not everybody, and everybody wants more money. Everybody wants more money. It's it's, it's human nature. You don't hear anybody going, yeah, these guys are paying me way too much. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. So we're, uh, we, we, we run a business. We've been running our business for 20 years. Lots of people uh, have opinions on how we run our business, but like I tell them all, if you think you can do it better than me, go out and do it. Uh, you know, there's guys out there, there's other leagues out there. That are, that, that are in this business
0: too. And I think this weekend's fight card is quite a stamp on like your dominance of UFC and it's going to be a hell of a show. The place is going to be packed out. It's going to be massive. This flyweight title though, you know, Moreno vs Frigureta, the third, the trilogy here, you know, with champ versus champ. What are, what are these two fighters about? Are they going to fly around too? Is it just going to be chaos this entire fight? Like when you sat in that art of war room with your fight makers and you're making this decision, you just thought to yourself, you know what? UFC two hundred and seventy is just going to be a fucking bloodbath. Is, is that like is that the vision that you had for this? And it should be we be expecting blood.
6: that? Yeah, oh. well, it's, you said it at the open of, of this interview. You know, it's true. We're we're heading back into Southern California for the first time in like two and a half, three years. The record at the Honda Center was held by the Rolling Stones at three and a half million. We we're doing a five million dollar gate there. We have number one and number three all time. At the Honda Center, uh, you, you know you want to come back in here with a great card. So we have a great main event. You couldn't have a better heavyweight fight. It's one of the best heavyweight fights ever in the history of the sport. Um, and then the co-main event, uh, Moreno has turned into a huge superstar. Uh, the first ever Mexican-born world champion in the UFC. Then you have figueredo who you know put put this picture out days ago of the shape that he's already in he is sure sh- 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 i mean find this picture of him on the internet of how ripped this dude is for this fight and uh and think about this that's before he even started cutting weight this guy i don't I have no idea what this guy's going to look like tomorrow when he steps on that scale um you know which 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 tells you he's taking this fight very serious he's he's got he's cut the weight the right way he's in great shape and should be an amazing fight
5: then speaking of of chaos that pat mentioned with uh the- the perceived like animosity going into this fight between you and maybe fighters, which happens all the time. You seem to like lean into it. Do you, do you tend to thrive in chaos? Do you sometimes maybe get bored if things are just going smoothly?
6: Uh, No, no, (laughs) things going smoothly is, is actually nice. I, I like when things go smoothly, you know, but chaos and nuttiness is this business. It's this business. It's what makes it so fun, makes it so exciting. You know, Every day when you wake up, I mean, Pat was just saying it a minute ago, too, and it's so true. There is always drama in this sport. There's always something going on. Somebody's mad. Somebody's talking shit. Somebody's this. Somebody's that. But it it all adds to the excitement leading into, like I said, this Saturday, McMahon couldn't write a better script for how this is, is, is laying out on Saturday, you know?
0: Do you and Vince know each other? Yes, we do. Well, that makes a lot of fucking sense. You know, it feels, yeah. like, it
6: feels like that
0: <laughs> would be a relationship that would make a lot of sense. Do you think about the future of the UFC other than just the fights? Because I know you're tight with the Nelk boys and everything they got going on. They just made $23 million yesterday. <laughs> congrats. To I that. was there. Hey, congrats. I was
6: there. I was, I was at their headquarters yesterday when, when, when they had just wrapped that whole thing up. Brilliant. These yes. kids are brilliant.
0: Yeah, Steve, yeah, I love everything they're about. They're paving a way for a lot of people to try and emulate, but work ethic and talent, there's a lot that goes in there. But whenever you're thinking about the UFC, and I see them around, and I know whenever you had fights in Abu Dhabi, there was other influencers there. Are you building a network? Do you even focus on anything other than fighting? Or how do you see the future of the UFC?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm involved in a lot of other things too, you know, outside of the UFC. But, you know, when, when, I, when I connect with people that I really like, and I like the Nelk boys a lot, And uh, you know we've done a lot of stuff together, and uh, you know I I just I'm at a point in my life where I work with people that I like to work with, and and that's it. Um, If I don't like you, then I want nothing to do with you. I respect. Speaking of money, hey, speaking of big money. Let's talk about your new deal. Uh, I, I, I just heard about this thing a couple days ago. Uh, holy shit. Congratulations, man. That's incredible. Thank
0: you, Dana. I appreciate you. And you said earlier, nobody's saying like, hey, I don't want more money. I don't I don't deserve the money. I got paid. But somebody was going to get it, Dana. Somebody was going to get it. So we might as well be the ones. And we're obviously very thankful for people like you stopping by. We
6: appreciate you. Now congrats. That. I mean, look, look at the business you've built. You know, in, in a very short amount of time, my friend, congratulations on all your success.
0: Thank you. You too. We can't wait to watch on Saturday. We know you're very busy. So thank you for the time. Can't wait for the next time we get to chat. Thank you. Later, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, Dana White. Yeah! So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons. Most of them, what I just said. Uh, we are very thankful for a partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There's so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too if you haven't used it yet. Use it nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel, shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Joining us now from Manatic in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, That's wow. right? and sports analyst, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. Hey! Sports analyst! Hey! Sports analyst! Hey! Yeah, sports. sports analyst. What's up, guys? Hey, uh, great to have you, obviously. Thank you for joining us today. I know you had a busy schedule of media appearances. Yeah, for those that don't know, AJ was on Good Morning Football. Here is a portion of his interview with the electrifying crew. Check, it's Devo, it's Trent Williams, and it's the big boys pushing those linebackers around. Is this Packers team physical enough to keep that San Francisco offense off the field?
5: Uh, they better be. I mean, they, they've seen it firsthand, I feel like. Obviously, oh, uh, it's a, a minute. Oh, from the last time they oh, played uh, oh. the Niners and the NFC Championship the game. That's 5 Francisco. I don't think Shanahan does oh, such a good job. Oh, no. of, yeah, of course, they're going to try to pound
0: the ball. They're gonna What happened, I was
5: on the side of the road. What do you
0: think yeah, happened? I you were
5: trying to do it on the phone.
0: Yeah, AJ, uh, the thought that you just went on to NFL Network and – you know, brought their quality of their show so far down. Can't, can't do it. What are you trying to do? Take out the NFL, the entire league?
5: I told you, didn't this happen with Rupper yesterday? Wasn't was it yesterday, or the day before this whole 5G situation went down? And everybody knows that phones have not been the same since then.
0: There's been a lot of connection issues. Obviously, Rupper did it yesterday. We're incredibly proud to see you on there, dude. Yeah. Good,
5: job,
4: good AJ. job, AJ. Good job, I
0: watched some throwback interviews of you last night. You have always been an absolute beauty. I wanna let you know. And we are very thankful that you're joining us every single day. Um Nine twenty-five ish this morning. He was on, incredible dropping yeah. off his kids this morning. Too. What if you? Hey, what if you're just the fourth host over there? Oh, just oh. in the chair. Hey, and then, yeah, that,
5: yeah, yeah I fit in great over there. I think. Yeah, you're an analyst. I, I like say, the whole crew. I told them before we were on the air, like when I was speaking with them, you guys are great. Like I, I actually watch your show. It's, it's fun.
0: Yeah, it is a fun show, and you added to it, obviously being a sports analyst. And joining us here in a few minutes will be a guy who's mm-hmm. releasing a book here coming up in a few days, Unbreakable, a story about a guy who rose from being a journalist and a fighter to an insider and a guy that everybody in the NFL basically calls a friend. Now he's opening up about his mental health uh, and what he goes through on a day-to-day basis hoping to inspire others along the way. Uh, He's a man who knows everything before everybody else, which actually inspired the hashtag. Jay knew. Boom. bingo everybody knows that jay knew if you found out about it jay already knew about it his book will be coming out on january 25th called unbreakable friend of the show actor and ballers just yesterday he was chatting live with the future president of the united states dewey johnson mm-hmm. now he's here with us ladies and gentlemen jay glazer yeah. hey. hey hey there we go baby look at how that how you doing look at that Hey. And most of the words are spelled right. That's nice. <laughs> it's always good to have an editor, you know, to follow up on the other side. Let's get You're into right. it, Jay. Thank you for hey, joining man, us. Am let
4: supposed to have my phone horizontally or vertically on this.
0: Vertically is good. And also, we like that you have the blur in the background. You look great in 4K. Yeah, wow. I do. I, yeah, thanks. So, so this way? No, the other way was perfect. <laughs> well, that was horizontally then. Yeah, it's perfect. Vertically. I don't think I said anything. Maybe no, see go that? back the look, other way oh, now, Jay. On. Hold way. on. <laughs> it did look better the other way. No, 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 no. Do, do not. No, well, maybe re- just try it. After. No, 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 no. We just tried it. Okay, we're obviously in a place now. Jay, you have a book coming out. Congratulations. Yep. That's yeah. a long process, I assume. Yeah. Did you write it? Ghostwriter? Hand? hang out with somebody, co-write it, co-author it? How'd you get to this uh, uh, part of life here? Actually, I had a, I had a co-author. Um,
4: her, her name is Sarah Tomlinson, but... I wrote it. She helped a lot because I wanted it in my voice. I wanted it with all the F-bombs and all the humor. And I thought the big thing, and you guys, I've talked to you guys about it here a lot. I've been very vulnerable with you guys. The way to tackle the hard shit is through laughter, right? So I could talk about Patch my darkness, Adams. right? I could talk about my darkness. I could talk about my depression, anxiety, and how I'm fucked up, but I'm good with my fucked upness. And then if you do it in a way that you're laughing, then you're able to tackle the harder stuff.
5: Jay, how, since you have kind of been public with it and, like you said, vulnerable with all of these these issues, how has your life changed?
4: Oh, man. So I would never wake up with anything but the gray. Like,
0: every single day I woke up thinking the sky's falling. Um, when did that start, Jay? How old were you when that started? And was it professional? You think it was personal? Do you think it just came out of nowhere? What do you think? Well, I don't know what it's like not to. Like, that's from a child. Oh. That
4: That was it for me as a kid. Like, this isn't something like... That just came on, like, this is my only memory. I don't know how not to. So I've spent my whole life trying to get myself out of the gray. And that's why the book is How I Turn My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation. And you can too, because so I don't ever let myself sit in that dark hole. I don't ever consider, you know, putting a revolver in my mouth. Um, I've always used it to try and push myself to greater things, hoping that if I do these great things, then, man, from the outside in, I'll get some love. And I'll understand how to feel that. But for, as a little kid on, I just didn't understand how anybody could like me, or love me, or the sky's always going to fall. And that's anxiety and depression. And they pull up to your damn dinner table every time they want to, like every damn day they choose. And it's got me to do crazy stuff, like step into a cage with somebody, with a Chuck Liddell or Randy Couture, or, you know, start wrestle with a you know, thousand football players, which is pretty fucked up. Um, It's like, hey, when I'm in a bad place, give me some more CTE. That's going to help me out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: And Jay, I think a lot of people are, you know, appreciative. For instance, uh, there's people that we all know and I think now especially now in 2022 and in recent history and memory there's a lot more I think people open about it and I think there's a lot more learning about it because I, I don't think I, I had experienced moments obviously where I felt terrible but not like the everyday stuff and then we all start to meet people and we start to learn more about people and now you're posting basically every single day about how you feel and uh, what's going on in your head. I want to let you know I appreciate it personally because I'm getting a chance I feel like learn more about some of the closest people in my lives I feel like through you is that why you're doing it and how uncomfortable are some of those to not only do but also post knowing that there's going to be people that attack you for doing it and thinking that you're doing it for the wrong things so here's the the incredible part I started doing it to
4: be of service one of the ways I cut through my own gray is be of service and in the book I write how even when I was broken and broke I mean first you guys didn't know me then first 10 years of my career I made 9700 bucks a year Living in New York City, it's freaking awful, just swimming upstream, but I had to because I had to figure out a way to do something bigger to get that that outside love, because I couldn't love myself for the inside out. And then when we first started doing this, I said, you know, I don't want to wait till the book comes out for me to be able to help people. And we all talk about mental health, but nobody describes it, right? We say, all mental health or depression, but nobody describes it. And especially after I did the Lane Johnson interview, I said, Man, we're able to describe it some there, but I want to start describing, I want to be of service to people every single day. So in real time, they can understand, they have somebody else they can say, oh yeah, that's how I feel. And you know what's crazy? And the best part is Pat, social media is a problem for mental health, right? We compare ourselves to everybody, everybody else's filtered fraction of a second. So of course we think our lives suck all the time. And, and then on Twitter, just the crap people say to each other on Twitter, The human condition is not meant to do that, right? We're sensitive, man. And of all these posts I've done, it is scary because I'm pulling my skin back. Um, But it has been nothing but positive. I've had no negative, not one negative comment. I don't know if you guys have seen
0: it. I haven't seen – I think there's one dude who was saying something, but everybody else is like – Hey, man. Has that helped you? Hey, by the way, does that now, there's so many different ways to look at this, and I am no expert in anything, but there's always, like, the thought of, you know, if you... If you take any weight in the good stuff, then naturally you're gonna to have to take the weight of the bad stuff. But humans are gonna hear everything. So I think it's all been just a front by people to say that they don't care about what anybody says. I would assume having your therapy almost be like public in the public's response being positive has helped you through this entire thing? And is it like yeah, it a-
4: it's, it's given me a couple of days of blue. Like, so like last week, I had two days in the gray, which was, which were bad. One of them particularly, where I literally called my training partner, Mark Kerr, a Smashing Machine, who's the freaking 6'2", 285. I'm like, hey, man, I need you to come over and, and, and punch me in the face today. Like, I need to spar. I need to work out. this training today is great. It took me until 345 to get myself off my couch. And only because I was convinced my sky and universe was falling. And the thing about people like me, it's it's not real. Like, I know that's not the truth. Logically, I know it's not the truth, but spiritually, inside my soul, i it's hard for me to, to feel that it's not the truth. So I feel that's my truth, even though it's not my truth, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. then there was a day Saturday, man, I, like literally the playoffs got me out of it. Um, but when I hear messages from people and they're telling me that because I'm so open and vulnerable, now they don't feel alone now they don't have to suffer in silence or somebody was going to commit suicide. And now they're not because they don't feel alone. And I'm helping lead them out. That gets me to see blue. Yes, it's being of service to people. And then this allows me, like, I need a team. So I created Unbreakable the Gym so I could have a team, a fight team, right? My Fox NFL Sunday crew is a team. This allows me, and this book allows me, and I refer to everybody as teammates in it. To get more of a team of people who get each other, and if I have a team, there's nothing I can't do. But people like me tend to isolate up here, and you know, roommates. When I don't, when I have a team, the roommates in my head talk a lot nicer to each other. But when I don't, they argue and say some nasty ass shit to each other, and I, I believe it. And that's, and I push people away, and and it, it fucking sucks. Listen, is be honest with you, like. Yeah, having depression, anxiety, in any level, whether it's mine that's clinical or your anybody else's yours that you can go through it. You have a panic attack. It fucking sucks. Yeah. So I want to be
5: a real fucking voice to help people lead them through the gray to the blue. It's awesome. Hey Jay, how did were you like actively trying to? I'm almost covered up, or act at times like you. This didn't affect you. I've known you for a long time. And you would never know. And maybe we're just not looking, not asking the right questions. But you seem like, yeah, you know everybody. You're the ultimate connector. Like hey, you're friends hey, with all your hey, coaches. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, like hey. you're the guy. Yeah. So, like it, at times yeah. were you like actively trying to act like you were happy? Always. It was always
4: a mask. Like so, Mercedes Lewis actually hit me up, I'm doing forever, training forever. Big dog. It was kind of like, man, I. I've always known you were crazy, but I didn't know you were in so much pain. He's like, I'm always here for you, brother. And there are a lot of guys like that. Or Strahan, who I told you guys, I never talked to him about it. Or Rondé Barber, I just opened up. and like, like, hey, listen, Mike Tomlin and Sean Payton, and man, we've got, and Sean McVay, we've got deep on this. And it's got us so close. I didn't have to put on that front or the mask all those years but i didn't know it because i figured hey man, and that's, hey, that's one of party. your
0: hey that's one of your like mission statements i feel like the last time we talked you were like i i thought i couldn't talk to any of these people and you're yeah. at strahan's birthday i think down where yeah. in in montana or wherever yeah. you were yeah, yeah. but i think that was like <laughs> one of your Dakota, big, yeah. yeah that was one of your big missions though right isn't that a part of the whole thing like letting people know you don't have to put on a fake front all the time people yeah like, and that's the thing once i started to open
4: up to them Man, it just got us closer together. They do. You do want to help your boys. Think about it. Your crew. You're always wanting to help, but when you have shame, like it gives you shame. So I never talk to certain people. And when I get to the book, in in the fourth chapter of the book here, it's All right, here we go. There's a chapter about the gray. Okay, about. So it's like the first three chapters are my journey of getting to where I got to making 9,700 bucks a year and. Man, then all of a sudden I get to CBS, then Fox, and man, we're on the top I'm at Fox NFL Sunday with nothing but Hall of Famers, and we're doing the 100th anniversary of the Super Bowl. We got ducked into the TV Hall of Fame, so shit, it should be all rainbows and unicorns, right? And it's just, it's not. Like if you don't know how to love yourself from the inside out, all that stuff isn't gonna help. Like my wallet's not an antidepressant, and does it make me pay my bills better? Yeah. Is my life on the surface fantastic? Yes. Between my ears, does it suck? It fucking sucks. So this chapter where I open up about the gray was a conversation that I had with Sean McVay. Mm. Actually, on that Cabo trip with the whole Stafford and McVay thing, oh. <laughs> uh, we had dinner with me and, and not Stafford yet, me and, and Whitworth oh, and, and McVay. And Sean is like, "But I don't, I don't get it. So he allowed me to rewrite write the entire conversation Of this is what it's like. I'm like Sean. Think of how much better a coach you'll be if you can understand the gray. Like you two fuckers, had to be crazy to do what you guys did, right? For all those years. Like you're, you're not. We're, we're (laughs) fucked up going in. It suddenly doesn't just leave, right? So if you, Sean, if you can understand these guys of why AJ would run down and fucking hit I don't know who. Larry Allen's the world over. Like yeah, you're fucking off, dude. Right? Right And Pat, and
0: Pat no, no. you
4: got fucking 11 dudes running at you to try and just smear you. You're fucked up. Yeah, if okay. you could yeah. understand that, right. the darkness that gets us to do these things, think of how much better a coach you'll be. And, man, we go so, so, so deep. And there's a line in there, too, by Sean Payton, who I've opened up to a lot about this. And this is somebody I've known since 99. And um, Sean Payton had a line in there. And I'll give it away in here because there's a lot of gray lines. But his line was, like, he gets it. And he said, hurt people, hurt people.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. That's a deep line there from Sean Payton. So did you do sit down interviews with them, record it and write it? Did they write stuff for you? How did that whole thing come about? No, It's just from from all the times I've talked to them. And then I'm like, hey, can I
4: use that? Can I use this? I'm like, yup, yep, yep. And, you know, I wrote it up and I was like, Sean, I just want to make sure we see it. We've remembered it the same way. Um, and he was like, wow, yeah, I'm good. And actually... You'll see at the end there's a little little payoff there. But and Sean's thing was like, Well, how many of my players do you think have it? I said, It's not the question you gotta ask yourself. How many of your players? How many of your secretaries? How many of your scouts? How many of your assistant coaches? And Whitworth is sitting there and he's like, Sean, what the fuck do you think? Like, what do you think like gets me to go put a helmet on every day and go try and do this to Aaron Donald and practice every single day? Or go against Joe with both and, and kind of Sean looks at Whitworth like, You too? And he's like, of course, me too. Yeah, yeah, fuck yes, me too. And Wit's very open about his darkness also. But that's the whole thing. I don't want us to be victims anymore with our gray and our darkness, right? My shit motivated me to do all these great things. And I'm just trying to motivate others also. We're not just victims
0: and we're able to do better things because of our, our gray. Well, we appreciate that, Jay, for the betterment yeah, of yeah. society. You know, and I I think my take on money is because when I was young, all I wanted was money, money, money. What do you want to do? I don't know what makes me fucking money. That's what I want to do. I want to go, I want money, I want money, I want money. Then you get money and you experience freedom. You know, you experience some freedoms of worry of certain bills in life and being able to go shop and do that whole thing. But it doesn't bring fulfillment. And it feels mm. like the blue days that you're referring to are whenever you uh, feel actual fulfillment from other people saying, you helped me, you saved me. So I'm happy you're in this journey for yourself but also for everybody else i don't know are you doing are you reading the book for the uh yeah you're gonna be the voice of the book oh yeah oh, i yeah. can't wait can't wait to listen <laughs> to yeah. it you know i don't know if i'm gonna sit down and read that whole thing but if jay glazer is telling me his entire yes. story do you do impressions of mcveigh at that dinner uh, I, I try to do a couple of impressions uh
4: but yeah it, it's classic dude and i obviously i write the way i talk so there's yeah, definitely uh Uh, uh, a Jersey rated book, if you will. And, uh, that's (laughs) great. Again, like part of my thing is the gray hates laughter. So I got to make you laugh in order for me to, to do this. And I'll tell you this too. Um, when I wrote the book, I wrote it in February. Um, I stopped taking all my treatments for my depression and anxiety. Like later today, I'm going to go get an IV. I I try, I try anything and everything I can because mine is bad, and I'm antidepressant and anti-anxiety resistant. So there's a lot of us who are resistant to those medications, like they just haven't worked. And I've, I've used uh, over 30 of them since I was a little kid on, and they just haven't worked. So I'll try whatever I can. And therapy and everything, during that time, I specifically stopped doing all treatment because I wanted myself to be as, as deep in the gray as I could so I could really, like, really write it For others in the moment. Yeah. And it's taken me all this time to try to get myself back out of it. And I'm not there yet. And you know, I'm a flawed, fucked up individual. And I'm 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 trying, I'm trying to get back, but I did that for everybody else. Like, man, I just stopped all treatment just so I could really sit in the suck.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to let you know, we appreciate it. Um, I can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to read it. Can't wait to hear the reaction to it. Uh, And every day, whenever you post about your daily life, it's something that makes me learn more and more about something that I maybe and many others didn't understand for a long, long time. So we appreciate it. Last question here for me about, you know, everything going on in your world. Uh, Dwayne Johnson followed me on Twitter. How long is that going to last? Not long. (laughs) He's going to get the fuck out of there pretty soon, you think? You think that's going to happen? (laughs) Uh, I got no idea, but uh, okay, cool, cool,
4: cool. he really, li- listen, we talk about teams, right? And Dwayne literally like, hey, dude, he, I mean, he doesn't write the forward to any books. He did mine. And he's like, you are going to be this voice through the gray and I'm fully behind you. And you guys know me. You've been around me. I'm a loyalty guy. I think about what can I do for my peeps and my friends. And I hope that 10% do it back. And Dwayne's the same way. Dwayne's like, I haven't had to ask for anything. Dwayne's like, I got your back on this. I'm doing this. And like, it's amazing. Like the biggest, you know, star in the world's like, man, we're gonna we're gonna do this together, we're gonna live because he understands how important how important it is. And because he's always trying to save others, because he's trying to empower. And you talked about it before money. I don't know about you, Pat, but I was actually a lot happier before I had money because I didn't have to worry about losing shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was right? a lot of and fun. And now yeah. you got to anxiety <laughs> again. I'm gonna lose it all. And people think, "Oh, you make it. It's great." No, like, man, this whole it's better of loved and lost than never. Fuck that. You know, like, I am horrified. So, your anxiety for people like us, and I've talked to a lot of successful people, the same thing. And I, and I call that this this fucking monster that we have to release and just let them go and just be comfortable and secure. Like, hey, we made it. We're good. But that monster's always telling us we're not worthy of this. Oh, so,
0: yeah, well. Right? I do have that guy. Yeah, telling me, <laughs> that, guy, that guy's telling me that a lot. And I, I guess that is something I am learning about now, you know, because I got people after we did the deal or whatever, you know, and it's not me, but my name is attached to it. Obviously, it's the entire team. And are like, hey, nobody deserves anything like this except for you. And I'm like, but nobody deserves this, actually. <laughs> I, what I just signed for, I don't think. But I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You too. Now, you do deserve it. You got to figure that. You got to you got to fight. You got to put that. You got to let that fucking monster go,
4: man. You do deserve it. You worked your ass off. You outworked the world. That's why you just, wow. anybody
0: out there. Ooh. Not Boomer, not <laughs> no. Boomer Sison, not no Boomer Sison. I don't know how hard he's working, but Boomer Sison's the hardest working guy on earth, Jay. I appreciate you for putting me up in a pantheon, maybe. of the I don't know team. where that's going, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we appreciate that, Jay. And you've always been so good to us. So we appreciate yeah, the I'm hell real. out of you. Good luck on the book. Connor has a question for you here before we go.
2: Yeah, Jay, you mentioned having a team. Since Lane Johnson has come out and you mentioned Mercedes Lewis, who reached out and Andrew Whitworth, who kind of jumped in and agreed with you. Have you seen a lot of uh, current players kind of form a team around Lane Johnson?
4: Yes. Oh, my God. When we did that sit down on Fox, he had just guys he goes against, the Micah Parsons and Khalil Max, and I can say it because they posted on his page, um, like the number of people who reached out to him and the number of people that we got together like, wow, two doodly dudes like that could be that vulnerable. Like, no one's gonna question our manhood. And that's the other thing, like, no one's questioned my manhood, so I could, I could do that. I could put it all out there and not have to worry about anything. So, yeah, that was, um, and I told Lane too, when you do this, man, you're gonna feel of service so much, and that's gonna help you through your gray. It's really gonna help you. And it did, it lifted him up. There were so many people that reached out to him. And there's, look, there's a lot of coaches and GMs that reach out to me. Like I said, like my conversation with McVeigh, it's not unique. Like a lot of guys, and here's the thing, like when I train football players and and fighters, I teach them the opposite of what I want them to do in the world. And this is how you guys are great. Don't show it. Don't show pain, right? Don't show you're tired. Don't show you're hurt. And here I am saying, well, in the real world, I want us to show it
0: all and communicate it and so it kind of goes opposite of what it's supposed to be well that's an interesting life everybody's life especially yours uh we can't wait to read the book Wiz Khalifa drop any bars in there you know what I he mean? got there, it Wiz you know, is in there Wiz is my teammate absolutely hey if you get got your hands on any of that Khalifa kush I'm not saying the, send oh, yeah, it to yeah. Indiana. Hey, let but... me tell you
4: something bro I tried that shit one time we were up in Napa I took him wine tasting in Napa and uh he's like come on man you do. I do everything you ask in the gym. I'm like, where's I suck at weed? I'm not doing it. I he's like, come on, weed. just. I suck at weed. I, like <laughs> if there's anybody who needs to be good at weed, it's me. <laughs> I suck at it. So he uh, he's like, come on, just take just just take one. I'm like, fuck. So and we tasted wine all day. We had like a little party bus. So I did one hit of his Khalifa Kush. And we went back to the hotel. And I get off the little party bus. And we have dinner at like. I don't know, 8 o'clock at 6.30, and I'm walking sideways as fast as I can to my room. And they're like, where's Glazer going? Why is he walking like this? And I'm walking like that because in my mind, the world was about to fall over on me. And I had to get to my room and hide under my covers. To protect myself from the earth from falling over on me
0: put your foot down that's what they always say when you're, when you're twisting put your foot on the ground it's yeah. like i don't know if it's helping I don't know if like, the ground. Hey, is this oh the ground my God.
4: or not oh, then, wait and it, then they convinced me one other time just do this easy one for training like a lot of brazilians man they train they do we they train and all these other people whiz and snooping and them up come they'll smoke and Man, you can't stop them. Their gas tank's incredible. They're like, it's because of this. Try it. So I did a little thing. And sitting there, I'm over there, I'm hitting the bag. Wow, I feel great. Oh, yeah, this is great. And I kind of look over I'm like, there's only six seconds gone like, oh,
0: yeah. what the hell like yeah it it i've already uh well please tell mr khalifa as a fellow pittsburgh group here congrats on all the success and we can't yeah. wait to try the kk we can't wait to try and read the unbreakable book you're the best dude thanks for your time yeah, today you can, can get
4: it uh it, it it launches tuesday the 25th but right now You can go online at uh, hc.com, which is for HarperCollins, hc.com slash Unbreakable, or uh, you can go to, you
0: know, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, anywhere you normally buy books. Well, congrats on the book release. Excited to see you become a New York Times bestseller and add that to the epitaph of one of the most hilarious and incredible lives of all time. You're changing lives. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Glazer. Jay Glazer! Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day today. If you like the show, tell somebody about it. If you didn't, fuck off. No, I'm joking. I can understand you who didn't like it. It's probably tough to listen to every once in a while. And if you didn't enjoy it, just act like it never happened. But if you did, please be a friend and tell the friend Ty. Please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful Thursday evening. We're back tomorrow with a feel-good Friday to remember. Cheers.